0: And to that uh piece of shit, Lieutenant, that's always uh, on his podcast, uh fashion us. Fuck
1: All right, everybody, welcome. New York's finest for on Unfiltered Podcast. We got a great guest with us. Uh I'm personally a big fan of him. We got a comedian. Uh, you guys know him as Shallon's Funny Guy, his real name's Nikki Santora. Uh, He's from straight out of Shaolin. He's got the Shaolin First Everybody shirt on right now staring at us, you know, as always.
0: (laughs) The best borough in New York City.
1: You know, it is. I mean, listen, I, I came from Brooklyn in my teens, and I love Staten Island. You know, it was a totally different environment. I loved it. I loved it. Best borough, baby. Joined by another Staten Islander, the most complained cop in the NYPD. 21st century, we just found out. He's the most complained cop in the 21st century. We found out the most complained cop in the 18th century. Eric S. Dim. Eric, what's up, my brother?
2: Oh, Outstanding. What a pleasure. Nikki. it's a pleasure to have you on here. John, always a pleasure taking this journey together. Hey, Nikki, I heard a lot of great things about you. Of course, your Instagram, you're pretty popular. You're a real Staten Island guy. You know, listen, like you said, John and I, you know, we lived in Staten Island. I lived in four boroughs myself, right? The only borough I didn't live in was Manhattan. So I got a great love for New York, and that's why we're doing this podcast. We're trying to fight to help get New York back. So, Mickey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you grew up and, you know, how you became Staten Island, uh, fu- you know, shallow and funny guy.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, like 85% of Staten Island. I'm originally from Brooklyn, so, you know, I mean, I'm from Sheepshead Bay. Uh, I moved out to Staten Island when I was like 12 years old. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, I was just like your, your your classic kid. Like I did graffiti. I ran around. Uh, my mother was my mother was a bad addict, so I didn't really have parenting. So I was just running wild on the streets, just going crazy. And uh, I grew up and I turned that pain into comedy, and I became Shaolin's funny guy. So created like the second act in my life.
2: Listen, yeah. dude. That I was supposed to John before you go. I was supposed to say. It's an amazing story, and and, and it's true, man. It's reflective. You see a lot of the actors out there, and the funniest people are the ones that had the most pain in their life, and then you can turn that into something positive and actually make jokes about it, man. I salute you, brother. It's outstanding.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, dude, I I started following you. My wife showed me the videos you made when you went to Florida, right? Mm. So then I saw I had just got on social media. I just got on Instagram, so I started following you, but I really took hold when you really started telling people about your life.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and I was like, wow. I was like this kid's got a real story, man. This is like real, you know, it's real. And and you know, I I appreciate that, man, because you know, in in this world everybody's so fake and so phony, you know, especially on Instagram. Oh, this is me. The life is great. And you know, you 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 know, you bring out laughter and you bring out the the the, the you bring out like the best in people, but at the same time, you always reflect yeah. the reality of of who you are. You know, could you take us back to, to childhood a little bit? Um what 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 neighborhood specifically did you grow up on Staten Island?
0: Uh Village Greens, Arden Heights. All right. So I was an
1: anti-crime cop there. I was chasing kids up that hill back there. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Do you remember a guy named well, Wait, am I allowed to say names on here?
1: Sure, why not?
0: Go ahead. Uh, yeah. What was his name? Oh. <laughs> so oh man, he oh, drove oh, like geez. a he drove like a maroon-crown Vic. And he used to drive it up the steps there on Nedra Lane. Oh, man, what was his name?
2: It was probably John's Potter.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I forgot his name, but he used to come around every weekend and bust up balls. This was back in, like, 2005.
1: Yeah, yeah, 2000, yeah. Um, I don't want to say his name, but I know what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was I'm sure you know, <laughs> sure you know uh, Lieutenant Schneider, right? Lieutenant Schneider, I know
1: the graffiti lieutenant. Yeah,
0: Ragneary, Sergeant Rickneri and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that unit though. That was one unit I didn't I didn't uh so what was your like let's talk about that. Like what was your perception of cops growing up? I mean uh, I...
3: I
0: mean I always had a respect because my uncle was a cop and uh like I people I grew up with, their parents were cops. So I was never anti cops. I just didn't like getting caught when I was out doing the wrong thing, but but I never, I was never like, uh, I never looked at it like me versus the cops. I looked at it as me doing the bad thing, and now I gotta do my best to get away. You know what I mean, yeah
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. But when
0: a cop caught me, it was like I'm, I can't be mad. I did the wrong thing. You know I mean, I never hated a cop for doing his job. No, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but it, was, like it, it was like the same thing. You know I mean, like <laughs> riding dirt bikes, running from the cops when we were younger, and like, you know, what I mean, but awesome. it, was, it was, it was, it was just, it was like a different climate back then. It was like even if you got caught, you still showed respect because you you hope that they would like show leniency to you or something yeah. like that, you
1: know. Do
0: you,
2: do you have tell us do you do you have an experience where you actually got arrested or you got caught where you actually had had a good laugh with the cops because John and I talk about this and before body cameras we used to have a good relationship and uh, at least in in, in our opinion. And even sometimes we were making arrests, we would still have fun. I mean, even the, the perpetrators would be laughing at us sometimes. We do have those experiences. Do you have something like that you could talk about? I see you smiling. Yeah. So yeah definitely something.
0: <laughs> when, uh, when Lieutenant Schneider arrested me when I was like 13 years old, he arrested me in a taxi cab. He was driving a taxi cab around Village Greens. And I tried running, and it was just, it was funny because I was very heavy back then and I was short. And they chased me through like Avon Park and Village Greens, but they were driving a taxi cab. And it was just, we were laughing about it because he was like, you didn't think it was me. He's like, we pulled up. You thought it we was just a taxi. Because they pulled up and nobody ran. We just sat there at the steps. And then they all jumped out of the car. We were like, oh, shit, it's cops. So, yeah. yeah. I always hey, listen, joke about that because I got arrested in a taxi cab. Uh, so,
2: what, what What? year was that? I'm just curious because we're talking about the body yeah, camera. That what was, uh, was that?
0: that was 2004.
2: No, 2005. Okay. So, hey, right. This is young. This is way before we got body cameras. It's it definitely reflects on what we're talking about here. I appreciate
0: it. It's a good story. Yeah, but it was just like it but cops were different back then, too. You know, it was like it was cool. Like, I mean, like you get caught, you have like a little bag of weed on you. They throw it down the sewer. They, they, they give you a lecture, go home. You know what I mean? Now it's like everything's like like robots, but they have to be that way because you have to you have to say certain things and act certain ways and. But I was a big fan of stop and frisk. I was a big fan really? of that. Yeah, I was a big fan of that. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm a big fan of it now. Not Back then. I definitely was not a big fan of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: No, absolutely. I, 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 listen. I was always hanging out in the park. I mean, that was the Giuliani era turning into Bloomberg era, and that's you know, it's broken windows theory. Like they, like it, the, the sun creaks down. You're in the park. The cops are rushing in on you. I personally didn't know any cops, so I didn't like them. I was like, I don't know. I don't get it. It was only until I started working that I, that I like, understood. I kind of understood. I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? Who the fuck wants a bunch of kids sitting in a park, drinking 40s, smoking pot, blasting music all night when the guy across the street's got to go to work? Yeah. So That's when I started to, like, understand cops i never hated cops i just thought they were i just thought they were ball breakers and they went after the wrong people especially on staten island because i grew up in dungan hills that wasn't it wasn't violent crime there was crime but it wasn't you know shooting stuff like that i'm like go go where they're shooting people like leave us you know
0: (laughs) yeah
1: so so nikki so you're a bad kid not not terrible kid but you're a neighborhood kid you're a street kid right what uh what drives you to become uh an auxiliary like why why why? you do uh, that
0: well because I, I was in foster care so when i was uh after my mom my, my mom passed away from a drug overdose i found her dead when i was 15 so oh, after good. uh after she passed away i went into uh an, another foster home where the the ladies i lived with they were like uh more they were more comforting more pushing me towards the right thing and uh they, we were at the the back to the beach at Midland, and they had to stand in the, the auxiliary. And she was like, "Why don't you talk to him? We're talking to him or whatever." And she was like, "Oh, she was like, you know, she was like, I buy you a little uh, a Vespa scooter. You can get back and forth to treaties for the classes." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll try it." And I was I just got into ROTC. I was doing good in school at that point, and uh, I I went for it. And I was like, "I want to become a cop," and I was doing it. And then I wasn't doing it. <laughs> So, you really, so there was a point in your life you wanted to become a cop. I, I mean, it's quite interesting. Yeah, so no, actually, I, was, I was gunning for it. I was, I was, uh, I wanted it bad. I mean, so we can say for the most part,
2: you've had pretty good experiences with the cops. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm hearing. But when you were, when you're at your days, if you had interactions and tried to evade the cops, you know, obviously when you were doing different types of drugs and stuff, John, and I talk about this, right? Because John talks, John's pretty, you know vocalized and adamant uh, and he's you know he's pretty up front talking about his, his arrest history and he was arrested twice in the past so being here you were a kid running running around did you find that your interactions with the police were were different than k- black kids would have would you be able to do, do you know of other black kids having stops with the police in situations like you are do you
0: know if there was was a difference did you feel it were you aware of any type of difference To to be honest with you, when I was growing up, like we didn't look at skin color. Like it's like now, it's like everything's about color. Back then, it was like if a cop was fucking with you, it wasn't because of skin color. Like it was like, I don't know. I just like maybe it's because where I grew up. Like I had black friends and just like, even in Arden Heights on the South Shore of Staten Island, people say the South Shore is very racist. But there's a lot of a lot of from the South Shore of Staten Island. There's a lot of uh, black police officers, like in. I feel like race wasn't really a thing. And it's kind of weird that I'm saying that as, like, a 30-year-old. That, like, there wasn't no racism, really, when I was growing up. But now there is. Like, it's like, but I I mean, I can see what you're saying. Maybe because, also, I'm not from the North Shore statum, So, I I, I know that the North Shore is a lot different. It's a different uh, area growing up. Like, different crimes, different police altercations and stuff like that. And situations that you could be placed in. But where I grew up, I didn't really see anything different as to like race or color.
1: Nah, that's fine. I mean, I said I always said the same thing, dude. I grew up, I grew up idolizing black men in sports. I'm a big fan of Wu Tang. I'm sure you're a fan. Of yeah, Wu-Tang. yeah. I used to wear or my basketball
0: fan. jerseys backwards and my Jordans, and I wanted to be a rapper until I was like 20 years old. I was going to be a rapper. Right. Like, and and, that's that's, that's, that's that's like, and,
1: then, and then it's like all of a sudden, you know, race is like such a hot topic. And I'm like, I, I didn't really think about racism either, like growing up at all. I mean, I, I started hearing about it in 08 when we, when we elected Obama. Like, that's when race really came on the mainstream. And I was already a cop at the time, and, and they were already saying, like, oh, cops are racist. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, we're just going after, after, after crimes, you know? Um, I really, you know, I'm really sorry what happened to your mom. I know, like my mom, my mother died when I was a kid too, not from a drug overdose, but it was a very traumatic experience for me, and I spiraled from it. But yeah. I had, I had like my two older sisters to like kind of bring me, you know, like like mother me basically. You know what I mean? And and to, yeah. and, and my father was there. He was, you know, it, so it was weird. So I appreciate you, like. Um, I appreciate you bringing that out. That's, I mean, that's a pivotal time. You're a young kid. I'm, I'm super sorry that happened to you like that. that,
0: You know know what it is too? Like, uh, like, and like you said before, like, like you you noticed a lot when I started opening up about my life, like I, I was never really open about my life because like, I always felt like, uh, like, like, like I, I, like I always felt like, like people would feel bad for me and like, I didn't want people to think like that was my objective and then also like about like the like the drugs and all that, I always stayed quiet because I felt like if I showed people the person that I used to be, they'll look at the person I am today differently, you know? Because like like to be like straightforward, like yo, I was a real like piece of shit like in my twenties, like before I got clean and all that. And like I always think like if I always if I opened up about that and told people like the drugs I did or the or the shit that I did on the street and stuff like that, that. They would look at Shawn's funny guy different if they found out who like Nikki Santora was, and then so I just started putting page, and then like I started getting reactions like your reaction, like people were like yo, thank you, like you like opening up about it. even like my mom, like that stuff I hated doing because like I, I hate like to me it's like awkward like when you just say that like you know what I mean like I found my mom dead and then people were like oh and it's like so I never did it, but then it's like yo it's, it's part of my story like if I'm gonna tell my story how can I leave that out you know.
2: Yeah, Dude, I appreciate that, that you're honestly telling your story. That's that's what people want to hear. People want to hear your story so that they can relate to you. That's why I think this podcast is really growing is because John and I had our boots on the ground. We were New York City kids who became New York City cops who could tell New York City stories so people can relate to us and people yeah. can relate to you. So can you tell us, since since we're talking about your life, how did you get, you know, how did you start out just by hanging out in the park and and obviously smoking some weed and just, Experimenting at this point, how did you get to a point with a with life of drugs, and, and where did you get to the point that it started to change your life? You know, obviously th- to a negative downturn.
0: Uh, probably it was uh senior year. I um, I left the foster home I was in where I was auxiliary cop, or whatever they would like push me to do the right thing. I, I left there to chase like my first love, and then I was like, I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll be homeless if I have to, I'm not gonna live in a house where. They're not gonna accept my relationship, and I threw it all away. And I started bounce surf, uh, like couch surfing, and then it was at that point where I hit a low, and I was just like, "Like, why not?" And at that point, like, I never, I never did like pills or anything like growing up, like, because my mom was always my example. I always looked at that and was like, so I always just like smoked and stuff like that. But senior year, that's when I did it for the first time, and it was just like a, like a light bulb turned on. Wow.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I mean, but w- 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 if you don't mind, what was the first? Was it was it pills?
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, like the first, like the first pill I did it was uh, like a perk, Percocet, so like a blue.
1: It was a perk, Yeah. It
0: was yeah. A- like uh, a blue. I got like a perk yeah. thirty.
1: Because so like, I was I was a young cop at that time. I was doing anti crime, like right right, like early early two thousands. And you know, I looked at you guys hanging out as me and my friends. When we were kids, right? I was like, oh, "They're just dumb kids." You know, I did the same shit. We hung out in the park, drank, smoked pot, move on. But you guys had this added element of these very addictive pills. And yeah, I watched that whole neighborhood—not just your neighborhood, but Not South Shore, of Staten Island, and, and really, uh, I'm really—I mean, across the whole city your generation of males particularly and even some females I saw got caught up, but mainly males get caught up with this where they just didn't make it out, man, because they just went from that to heroin to all of that. How many people that you hung out with went that same path?
0: Yeah, I, I could I could fill up shoeboxes with mask cards. Like the like I tell people all the time like like I'm not from like the areas where like people lose friends to, like, gang violence and, and, and street violence. Like, but on Staten Island, we lose people to drugs all the time. And it's, like, I look at the same way. Like, I mean, growing up, you lose so many kids, friends that, that you were best friends with that just, and it's, it's crazy because it's, like, they died doing something that you did also. It's, like, it could have been you. And it's, like, to see that, like, one day you're sitting next to somebody and then the next day they're gone, it's nuts. And I, like you said, my generation, I feel like, like, I feel like the internet and opiates, like, ruined my generation. Like, if it wasn't for that, like, it, like I feel like that's what did it. You know, dude, I, I was I was shocked to see this.
2: My first five years on the job, I worked in the 1203, so I worked in Staten Island also. And, and I guess growing up, I was really into sports. Uh, and I, I, I didn't really know too much about I, – I really did not know too much about drugs. I wasn't around it much. I was really into sports. I mean, I grew up in some rough areas, but I really stayed away from it. But I remember working in the one to one priest and being shot like, wow, I lived in Staten Island, you know, now working there. And I responded because when you're new on the job and someone overdoses, someone dies in the house when you're young, you, you stay with the person until the morgue picks them up or a funeral home. And I, I, I mean, I could count, you know, more than two hands numerous times of going to houses where someone overdosed I mean, young. I'll never forget to this day, I remember this girl, she must have been about 17, and she overdosed. I, I just couldn't believe it. It really opened my eyes. I was shocked that all this drug use was going on on Staten Island. I knew about the violence. So I, I lived in Stapleton. I lived in a rough area, so I knew about the violence, but I didn't know about the drugs, and, and I was really surprised to see it. You know, And, and thank God that you're you're okay and, and you're alive to tell your story, man, because so many kids didn't have that opportunity. And I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I, I read sometime it's a pretty high rate that once people are addicted to actually come back to a normal life, it's, it's the expectancy is not too high. So how did you, how did you, a, a, you know, during this time of, you know, feeling down, like, how did you decide, like, I, I got to turn my life around? I mean, did something, did someone else die in your life? I mean, obviously losing your mother was just extreme pain, but what, what
0: was the turnaround for you? To be honest with you, it was, uh, it was like the 12 step fellowship programs like AA, NA, PA, I started going to meetings and I started uh, networking with people. And that's what got me uh, like, because uh, I, I never went away long-term. I always went away 30 days, 30 days, 30 days, came home. And I met this guy and he he vouched for me in this program called uh, Dynamite Youth Center upstate. And I went upstate for, it was, it's, it's long-term, it's a three-year program. So I was upstate for almost a year. And that year being away, I think that's the that's that's what I know saved my life. And then after that I was never the same. I came back and I was still uh kind of bouncing around, but I was never able to like go back to the person I was before that. And then within two years of being in Dynamite coming home, I was homeless and uh I just I, I gave up. I was like, I'm done, I can't do it. I, I once I saw that there was a way out, I wasn't able to successfully be like that hopeless drug addict anymore you know well,
1: what advice would you give to young kids now to not go down that path like to 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 avoid any type of pitfall
0: just talk about it if you if you're doing it then then i like if you're already doing it then i say talk to people who who've done it and just get firsthand uh experience wise people kids who who haven't done it just just don't i i mean it's it's hard because like i'm thinking like as that kid like so many people said it to me and i was just like yeah okay yeah okay but like it, it it's crazy like if, if you could just like avoid that and just that shit it, it takes your whole life it just destroys everything it touches and even like growing up with my mother being an addict like it was it was ruining my life before I even did my first drug, you know? Drugs were fucking my whole life up before I even decided to do it myself, you know?
1: What what do you think <laughs> about what do you think about police enforcement as far as in drugs? Do you think the fear of getting arrested like back in the day if you would get caught, you if you would have got arrested, you spent a night in jail. Do you think that that would have deterred that deterred you from anything that helped or do you think what we're doing now where we have vending machines on new york city streets to be
0: honest with you what they're doing now is terrible and i think it shouldn't be like that like the vending machines is ridiculous because it's like how do you tell somebody don't do drugs but if you're gonna do drugs, do it this way. Like it's just don't do drugs. If we're gonna if we're gonna be if we're gonna stand our ground on something, then it should be that. Like you know what I mean? Like because when I was out there, like if you tell me don't do it, but if you are gonna do it, do it this way. I'm not gonna listen to the first thing you said. I'm just gonna be like, all right, well that's where the vending machine is. That's where I'm gonna go get it. That's where it's free. But like, like back when like I was younger, like I remember when. You got caught with like drugs, like like I know Judge Myers on Staten Island was very was very firm. Like I mean, mandated programs, and it was uh you go to the YMCA mandated inpatient programs. But there was also more programs available. Like there's not there's not a lot of programs available right now. Like they closed down detoxes, they closed down rehabs because of COVID, and a lot of these programs never opened back up. But it's like but they're finding funding for programs for like like safe injection sites and vending machines. It's at, like that. That's where my problem is. Cause people like it's harm reduction and it's this and that. It's like, that's cool. But why did we get rid of the, the thing that was working? Mm-hmm. Why did we get rid of what was working to find something else? That's not working. When I know everybody I know who got clean off drugs was because they, they, they went to rehab. They spoke to people who came to the rehab and they were going through the same thing. And they, they, there was a, there was a community where people helped each other. Now it's like, they, just, they, they they destroy that community and they just want people to just, they're trying to teach us to like safely do it. That's how I, as an addict, that's how I look at it. You're trying to teach us how to be, uh, how to be function, like how to not die, like just to, to stay around long enough to just keep living off the system and be drug addicts, but don't die. That's what you care about. Like you don't want us to die, but still be a drug addict. That's how I look at it.
2: That's a good point. You put it. You know, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I, I thought the same thing, right? I, I was working, my last eight years of the job as a special operations lieutenant working in housing in the South Bronx. And I'll never forget, so we would, you know, we would meet with politicians, you know, my community officers. One of them that was big that they would meet was Salamanca. And I know that they would come back to me, the community affairs people, and say that, you know, they don't want us to uh, arrest out of situations. And they were trying to find these different social services. And in St. Mary's Park where you would have families and on the weekend you'd have barbecues and things that's another province coming up right now, barbecues but we'd have all kinds of family functions and we would find a lot of guys in the park shooting up doing drugs right obviously i was we would look at the guns but we'd have you know my other units lock them up but they didn't want that they, so they came out with these boxes they had like these receptacle cans so that people can you know shoot up comfortably and just throw in the receptacle can and that this was the ideology so i feel like it's the same thing. I feel like they're not trying to help you. They're just kind of like, let's just give you like some pain medicine, pain medication to like put a band aid on it. But they want to keep you trapped in that, because if they really wanted to get you off drugs, would they send you to a program like you did? Because right, I mean, i yeah. right. If you have if if you can't stay away from from bad foods and you keep you know and you keep getting heavy, right? Would I would I keep a refrigerator full with bad food? Right. I would put healthy food in there. I kind of think it's the same thing, you know, so I, I'm really glad you brought that up. There's one other thing I wanted to mention, right? I noticed throughout the years, the problem was you said you went to some of these short programs before you went upstate, that they're too short, not enough time for you to actually rehab. Is that is that true? Could you speak on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I from experience, like uh, the seven-day detoxes, that's not enough. You got to go to a program after you do. De- like people who detox, you come out of detox, you're still detoxing. So you can never just do detox, and I feel like the twenty-eight day programs. That twenty-eight day, like the fog is just clearing in your brain. You didn't do any work. Like I, I me personally, the long-term treatments with the the therapeutic communities, like uh, the one-on-ones with 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 clinical aids and all that, and group sessions and all that. That like that that's what changes you as as a drug addict. But also that's that was like back in the day when they were harsh on you and they mandated you these programs. Like they forced you to to help yourself when you didn't even want to help yourself. Now it's like if you're a drug addict and you want to go to rehab, they don't force you. It's like, but that's you know how many people I know who who say like if if Judge Myers never mandated me to that program or if the courts never mandated me to that program, I would have never got my life together. Because as drug addicts, we just we're scared of we're scared of jail. We don't want to go to jail. We're not tough enough for jail. So that's that's the last thing we want to do is go to jail. So. Whenever Mars would be like, boom, ninety days in, in in Saint Christopher's upstate or you go to jail, boom, you do ninety days. And and a lot of those people, they started those ninety days and they stayed because they're like, I don't wanna go to jail, i go to jail and then they ended up changing their life. And that, that that's that's where it changed. Like you need like that harsh, like it's just it's it's crazy. It's just, it's just it's it's I'm jealous of people that, that are your guys' ages who got to like experience life when it was normal and like have, like, normal (laughs) times. Like, I just feel like it's just, like... I guess, Joe, it's weird that you also said 2008 because not to even, like, make this political, but I feel like life went to shit after 2008. Like, I feel like everything changed after 2008. Like, I feel like it's, like, we've been in a different world ever since. Oh, that's because it did. It sure did, right?
2: When Obama said it's time for change, divide and conquer, it was just change
0: and divide. That's it. And it's the new world. When you when, when and then they started showing sympathy to people who were killing cops, like, but yo, know, they have a valid, like you know what I mean, like the message, like there, there's no message, like nobody should be killing anybody, like it's just. I I should get into politics, You know, I call myself the mayor of the South show and people laugh at me, but I was telling the guy Joe Borelli, I'm, I'm coming for his job, like I'm just, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going for I'm going. You know, Shout out to John, the Borelli, right too. man to speak like, on Joe Borelli,
3: right? Listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I, I would love it, man. Uh, you would have my full support because that's what I say. I'm like, I want real people. I don't want the kid that went to high school and college and said, I'm going to be a politician. I don't want that guy. That guy's going to create a program for you. He's going to tell police what's good for them. He's going to tell businesses what's good for them. And he don't know nothing about it. He don't even have any life experience. You know, like you would be a good politician, dude. You, yeah. you would. And you would be able to affect change and help people because what I mean, just right then and there, what you're saying, right, you're you're able to sit there and articulate why these programs fail. They're either too short. They're too short. That's it. The seven days way too short. The shortest it should be is 28 days. And then there should be something after that, because, like you said, you're coming out of the fog. And now you got to And now you got to And now you got to step in there. And the same way with this harm reduction, you know, and I always said, like, I have cousins that got caught up. I got nephews that got caught up. I got my brother-in-law got caught up. I got a bunch of people, a bunch of my friends that were even my age that got caught up with all this shit, started taking pills, even though when we were kids, they weren't around. Right. And they got caught up. And the thing that changed them is, is the low point of when they were facing jail, you know, and they always said to me, one of my friends in particular, very positive guy like you affecting a lot of change. He said that That's the moment that changed his life when he was facing jail. He had been arrested a bunch and he was like, you know, what am I doing? I feel like a fucking loser. Like, this isn't the life that that I should have had. This wasn't the life I dreamed of when I was a kid. And so, like, for me, when I was locking people up for using drugs, people were like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, yo, these kids need help, man. I'm not I'm not saying put them in jail. I'm saying give them court-ordered rehab. These are the kids that are doing the burglaries. They're breaking into people's cars. They're ruining their life. Their life's going to be done, and there's no way out unless we arrest them to get them there. And now we see you could shoot up in New York City. And nothing happens to you. It's not even a, it's not even a crime. The cops can't do anything. To you get people with needles in their arms living on the street, and you're telling me this is harm reduction. To me, I I personally believe that leaving someone in the street without the police locking them up to get them court ordered rehab is putting them on a pathway to hell. What what do you what do you think about that?
0: I th- I think the same exact thing. Like I said, I mean, I like I had a lot of run ins with with Myers and uh. I was on probation. They, I, I've been mandated the programs where it's like, I remember sitting in the program like, yo, the only reason why I'm staying here is because I don't want to go to jail. Like, if I if I split from this program, I'm going to end up going to jail. I didn't think, like, if I split from this program, I'm going to upset my family or or this person's not going to talk to me ever again or I have nowhere to go if I leave here. It was never that thought. It was if I leave, they're going to send me to jail. And it's like, like I, the, the fear of jail, it, it, it helps. And it's just... It's like, I don't know. I, I don't know why they, they changed all that. I, I feel like it was like, uh, I mean, I get why they changed it because people probably complained, like, oh, they're being too mean and they're too harsh and all that, And but they, they need to be. Like, it's not, I feel like in, in as, as like, mm-hmm. an authority figure or, like, like that kind of job, you can't be lenient. Like, you, you, you have to be one way. There's no, like, I mean, you have to, you just have to enforce the law. It, it shouldn't be like, all right, well, if they're not hurting anybody, just put like needle bins in the, in the park, you know, let's help them not hurt people and this and that. it's like, you're just helping people kill themselves. That's all you're doing. You're not helping them help themselves. You're helping them get worse. There's no solution to that. I agree with you. I think sometimes the only way to help people
2: is to actually, you because they can't help themselves, right? When when you're doing drugs and you're you're addicted and you're on that path, I mean, honestly, the drugs own you. You don't own the drugs. They own yeah. you. So, right. So we need to step in and help you. And that's why, John, and I talk about this all the time. You know, the social service. It sounds great. It sounds all kumbaya. It sounds great. But the reality is we need to forcibly and involuntarily make people like, listen, here's your choices, kid. You going to jail or you go to this program. And like you said, you didn't know about what, what's the outcome of it. Or you weren't thinking about, wow, I'm going to get better in my life. You just figured, I don't want to go to jail. So yeah. they made the decision for you. But it's the best decision right? We don't want people sitting in rotten jail, but sometimes people need it. So did you have any experiences where you, did you spend any time in Rikers or
0: any times in the bookings where that, at that point you knew, okay, I don't want to go to jail? No, see, my story is crazy because I got my shit together in 2016 and uh, I was on probation for three years, but I stopped going. I stopped reporting because I was doing the wrong things. And Whatever, and then I, I the whole summer of two thousand and the summer of two thousand fifteen, I was homeless. I, I didn't go to, I didn't report the probation all summer. I just, I was running wild, getting high, and all that. And then I, I met my wife. I got clean. The what was it like? It was Ju- July of two thousand sixteen. A year later, I already had almost a year clean. They came and arrested me in my job, and they sent me to Rikers for thirty days for, uh, for violating probation and all that. So like I was clean i was getting my stuff together i was in front of the judge pleading i'm like please 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 and he didn't want to hear it and i understood why he didn't want to hear it i was i mean so many times i went in front of myers and he just slammed it he he offered me 30 days and i said no and then he remanded me for like 35 days just to really give it to me but you know i mean i deserved it i definitely deserved it but it was just crazy because it happened after i had got my life together but like even being in rikers like it like i came close to To relapse and like it was like it was crazy in there, but it was like I was trying to do the right thing and navigate through that, and like, but I didn't let that break me. I came out and I just I kept doing the right thing. But no, I I look at that like that was the karma for my past. Like I had to pay for it after I got my shit together. People tell me all the time like, what do you think probation just went away? And it was like I don't know. I got pulled over when I met my wife. I was driving a car and the cop wrote me a ticket for tents So I was like, oh my god, he ran my name and the warrant never came up. So I'm good. So I thought maybe the system forgot about me. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: nah, he just didn't run your name. That was it. He just didn't. <laughs> <run your laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. He just didn't
2: check or, or he did check and it came up as like ah, I'm just gonna have to take it. I think this guy here. We're good.
1: <laughs> that's, a cra- that's a crazy. stuff. but you were you were you were coming out of the fog, dude. You got your life together, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You had some shit lingering back here. Be like, I'll take care of
0: it. I take. Yeah, care that, of it. that was God. Like, 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 if I had any little doubt that I was gonna go back out there, he was like, boom he's thirty days in jail, humble your ass out." And I was like, "Ah."
2: As a reminder, so you don't go back. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, you know?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so dude, I, like,
1: I'm pretty religious, Eric. You know, Eric. Uh, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I want to say I don't want to put words in his mouth. Or whatever he is, he's he's sort of religious, you know. I'm very like I, I read the Bible. What, do, like, what, what's your take? Are, are you a religious person? Are you spiritual? Do You read the Bible?
0: I mean, I, I probably consider myself spiritual. I mean, I believe in God and all that. I do. I got my communion, my sacrament. My kids, um, my sons in CCD. Like, I'm going that route and everything. But like. Uh, I don't know like Bible verses and stuff, but like I like I pray but like my like I have a higher power, but my mother's my higher power. So like whenever I have like a prayer, like whenever I'm in a situation, like I always talk to my mother. But like I'm very uh I believe in all that. Like you give what you get, like you I mean you get what you give and like what you put out in the world is the energy you receive and and all that, but but that's also a big part in what helped me also is having that believing in like uh something power oh something like uh Something more like powerful than myself, per se. Now I'm, quoting, now, now I'm quoting AA, will be am fucking.
1: Yeah. No, dude, I, do, I appreciate that because honestly, when, when my mother passed, I spiraled. And the thing that changed my life is I started to be grateful that I had a good mother. Even though it was a short time, I said, you know what? I had my mother for 19 years. She loved me. She was good to me. I people some people don't have that. And it made me very thankful. And I started to say, like, would she be happy if she seen the shape I was in now or what I'm doing mm-hmm. now or my mindset now. And then I started to live to make my mother proud. Right. And then so there was that higher power. And then it just it just kept evolving with me over time to now I just always just want to be thankful to God. I'm like, just yeah. thankful for everything. You know what I mean? The lessons, the bad times, the good times, for everything. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too personal here, but I, I, but again, I, I really, I think you, I think that your story is really powerful, and I think you have a lot to share with the world. So yeah. that, that's, you know, that's kind of why we're prying, and, and I know Eric feels the same.
0: Yeah, but like, 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 like when you just said, like, like I try to be grateful too. Like, like yesterday, I I got up early on my one day off to work uh, for my brother-in-law putting the bread out at like shop rights. And I, I hit something on the road blew my tire out i had to buy a new tire yesterday and it's like yo the tire costs more than going and working that day it's like i should have just stayed home i would have saved money but i started losing it but like my wife helped snap me out of shit also like i'll start i'll start going because i i do go in those moods where i'm just like oh this is just it's my it's me it's me why me why me and then she like she i mean and then she and then the stupidest thing like well just be thankful you had a donut it's like yeah, you know it's true. Like if I have never donut, then I wouldn't have been able to at least do the work, go to a different shop. Like at least I was able to put the donut on the car, go about my day, finish my work, then go get the tire with the money I made for the day, instead of being beat on the work, being beat on the tire altogether. So, the grateful, being grateful and looking for things to like uh, be grateful about definitely helps me kind of navigate through through life. Hundred percent.
2: I always think it's kind of funny and ironic because. Uh, you know, being working in the South Bronx and working the One World precinct and working in the Lower East Side, I always worked in black and brown areas. And uh, you know, I got blonde hair, reddish beard, so right away everybody thinks I'm Irish. And uh, you know, I've been labeled as this white supremacist, right, a state brutalizer. And <laughs> and the ironic part is, I grew up in a Jewish home, and uh, we weren't religious. I mean, I did have a bar mitzvah, but to this day, I'm not. I, I'm not very religious. I don't go to temple and stuff. You know, I do. I believe in you know, in pride in, in pride. In the culture, you come from. I, I do believe I'm more spiritual these days. Uh, I'm not really too much into religion, as far as reading the Bible, but I do believe in fate, destiny. You know, I do believe in karma, things like that. But I always just think it's qu- quite funny. Like, cop watch they're always calling me a white supremacist. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I don't think the white supremacists would like me either. So, yeah, but yeah. dude, you got you got a hell of a story. It's. I, I want to ask you a question. If you feel uncomfortable, please tell me because we have a huge mental health problem going on with the NYPD. Police officers around the entire country, but especially the NYPD, because the eternal pressures, the morale is so bad right now. I mean, they're getting bounced around like yo-yos with all this crazy legislation. And unfortunately, we have a, a big suicide problem. Did, yeah. did, did you ever have times that you, you wanted to,
0: or did you ever attempt uh, suicide You know, while uh, you're on drugs? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was, uh, I mean, I was very, very, uh, I guess, uh, like... I don't know. Like it was, it was always like my, my way out. Like I would always like when I was, when I was doing really bad before, like, uh, I got arrested in 2010 for, uh, for grand larceny, uh, possession of stolen property, the the sale of stolen property. Um, and when everything was, the cops were looking for me, uh, there was a detective at the 122 looking for me. And I remember I was at the Eltonville train station and I was, I was going to jump in front of the train. Like I, I was there to do it. And, uh, I remember some one of my friends was in rehab at the time, and he called me, and this is why it, it was God. Like this kid called me, like while I was at that train station, and I just opened up on the phone and told him what I was doing, and like he started crying to me. I started crying to him, and like, I walked away that night. Like yo, I went there with, with like uh, with that one with that one intention, because like because when I was doing my thing, that like, that was always my thing. Like uh, if I get caught, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna go out. Like I mean, I have no reason. But with mental health and all that, like I like I was diagnosed with PTSD. I was diagnosed with uh, major depression. But even like that, I don't really talk about it on my page. But uh, I'm, I'm big into mental health and like I, I believe in therapy. I believe in talking to somebody. Uh, very important. And uh, it, it's I, I see I see a lot of young people like you said. Like I see on the news, like a lot of these young cops. Like like one kid was from Staten Island, like not that long ago, and it's upsetting. But I, I could tell because it's probably the job is probably stressful as it is dealing with behind the scenes shit. Like God knows what cops go through behind the scenes in the offices and in the precincts and shit like that. Like the morale and and the way you're treated on the streets. Like, and then you guys, they they don't get paid enough. You know They definitely don't get paid enough. Like firefighters and cops definitely don't get paid enough, but mental health is it's, that's a big problem right now, but it's, it's, that with mental health i feel like they're just they're trying to 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 fix it by doing stupid things like like vending machines and shit. like that doesn't help like how about why don't you why don't you open up free therapy like communities and like community centers in these areas with like free uh free free like people don't even have health insurance like me i have uh i have health insurance where i came in yeah hard it is to find like like even like stupid things like my teeth trying to get my teeth fixed from like all the years of mistreating myself like but then it's like all this money's going towards this it's like what the fuck like it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense at all nah,
1: dude I'd like, i like honestly i i keep saying like this harm reduction we grow drug addicts we're growing drug addicts and we're keeping drug addicts down we're not we're not helping them like you said and and i think and i say the same thing about crime I say the same way that we're doing pol- the policies. It's it's almost mirrors the, the 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 drug epidemic, like what we're doing there. The same way we're going towards crime. We're not helping people that are career criminals that aren't addicted to drugs. We're not helping them either. Like where we removed consequences, and we're telling people, yeah, just go out, be a shoplifter, do this, don't worry about it, everything's fine, and we're growing criminals. We're growing criminals under that policy too. Um, what do you think about the, Like, the article just came out about Staten Island. The crime is through the roof, murders are up 120%, robberies up 60%, burglaries up 40%. Like, what, what are you seeing in Staten Island? Like, how, like, what, and like, when did you know and it, Have you noticed a change? And when have you noticed a change?
0: I honestly, I noticed a change when when he started telling people that they could steal up to a thousand dollars and like not even get in trouble. Like, like me, if I was still a drug addict, like, that's I'm robbing everything. I'm under a thousand dollars. I'm gonna go from store to store, and like, I'm not gonna get in trouble for it. And it's like, and kids walk around with guns, you have more kids that, that they're more safe. They feel more safe to walk around with guns because there's less of a chance of getting caught because a cop's not gonna stop somebody for no reason. He has it on his mind that he doesn't wanna get sued for stopping somebody in a minority area. And like, so they got more kids more comfortable to carry guns. That have altercation on the street. More kids that that are more incentive to pull out a gun and start shooting. And these kids are young. They, I mean, like the thirteen year old getting shot in the playground on Staten Island. Fifteen year olds getting shot. Like it's, but it's all it's all about policies. Like the policies are on the root of everything. Like it's like, like like even when I was doing graffiti, like I was scared to walk around with spray paint on me because of the stop and frisk. I look if I looked suspicious. It's 1130 at night. I'm 15 years old, walking around with a book bag and my hood up. Obviously, the cops going to stop me and search me because I have something on me. That's what stopped me from doing it was being scared of, no, they're still going to stop me. Even though I'm not doing anything wrong, if they look at me, they're going to know I'm doing something wrong. Like, that fear is, is needed. But, like, I feel like the fear is not there anymore. Like, now, like, the stealing. Like, it's like, you work at a store, and it's like they tell, like, at the mall, like if you work at Macy's, like, you're not even allowed to say anything to anybody who's stealing. Like, the no. policy is to back up, like, and just just back up and, and, and call your manager. Like, what? Like, there's people, there's, what is security for at the door? Doesn't make any sense. Well, it is backwards right now. It's completely upside
2: down. It's exactly what you're saying. If there's no consequence, there is no fear. We all have fear because of consequence. Right? So, you, if if you know that if you're going to shoplift, right now the mayor's crackdown plan on shoplifting includes that your first offense, it's it is not going to count. But what is your first offense? I mean, do you have to you know steal something a hundred times and get arrested? And, and John, and I was about this, we laughed at it, but it's true. Like if you, if you were to, if, if I told you, like listen, Nikki, listen, let's go out and shoplift today, but this one's not going to count. I'm not stealing toothbrush. You and I were going out. We're still in freaking Rolex, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's that big, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: it's like a, it's like a, like a free pass. Like
2: I mean, that's what they might as well call it. That forget about first offender up the hook, free pass. That's exactly what his First one's on us. So you know, I'm gonna call Nikki and John. But yo, listen, dude, we ain't gonna
0: Dunkin' Don't site. We're gonna get a Rolex. Like yeah, we're doing right. Yeah, and, and, then, and then and then when I get out of jail, they'll give me free tickets to go to a Mets game, so I'll be all right. <laughs> exactly, I'll well, Be good. At least you, uh, it's almost an incentive to steal. You go, get, you get to go see a game. Hey, well, I you see the game. I stole something. <laughs> it's crazy, it really is. It, it's it's insane. It's just everything is just different, like it's just it, the world is different. It's
1: yeah, so I'll, listen, I want to hear about your come up, but before we do, I want to we'll just keep it in the negative area. One more, one, one more question, and then we'll go. We'll go,
2: yeah, I'm open, but do I don't.
1: De Blasio Adams, who was a better man in your opinion, as of right now?
0: As of honestly, now. honestly, I'd rather shit my hands and clap than deal with both. of them, To be honest with you, they're both they're both terrible. It, it's not. It's De Blasio was just like an arrogant idiot, but it's like Adams is like. This guy like like hanging out with like rappers and shit, like going to like parties at night and stuff like that. It's like, bro, what are you doing? And then, like, I'm an exterminator, so I know like pests and all that. He hires some lady who has no idea what she's doing, and then they change the garbage times. It's like, bro, the rats are just gonna come out sooner now. Like that's not doing anything. Like it's not like their policies are retarded. Like there's nothing they're doing. There's the schools. Their garbage is pile up on the side of these schools there's garbage everywhere. Like, why don't we find containers for that? Or like, there's, there's certain things they can do that they're just, they're not doing. I feel like they purposely just don't want to do their job. The lady he hired is worked for the board of ed. She learned how to keep rats out of school buildings. Like, what does that have to do with New York city? Like I, I, I tried getting the job. I applied for it, but you need a bachelor's degree, not a, a associate's or was it a, one of the degrees, but I never went to college. So I didn't qualify, but it's like, yo, know, it's common sense. Like, we're gonna change the garbage times. It's like, what, what is that gonna do? It's not. They're just gonna get up early. They, 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 adjust to like their their environment. Like everything. It's this whole city is just ass backwards. To be honest with you, I'm I'm still kind of kicking myself in the ass for moving back here. So, I got one foot out the door already. I might make my way down to Texas. If I blow up on social media and I get a little bit of money, I'm buying a house in another state. Oh, I got. You
2: know what's funny? I gotta tell you. I was in Texas uh, first week of February. I went to uh, I went to uh, some of the areas. Uh, I went to Austin a little bit, but I went to some of the areas surrounding Austin. I went to Fort Worth, went to Dallas over there, San Antonio. And, dude, I couldn't believe how many people I met from New York and New Jersey. Like, every other person I met, I went to a couple of jujitsu places over there. I went to Tim Kennedy's place. And uh, every other guy I met was, I was like, where are you from,
0: New York, New Jersey? I was like, wow. So, dude, it's flooded with New Yorkers right now. That's down. how it was in Florida when I moved to Port St. Lucie. My neighbor was like, "Oh, I'm Joe. I'm from East New York." I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I'm trying to escape people like you." One guy, my other neighbor, was Miguel from Flushing, Queens. Yeah, it's like the sixth so, borough down there.
2: You try to right? You try
0: to leave them. They came to you. <laughs> and, and then you move down there, and everybody thinks you're a liberal. That's their first thought. Is like, don't, don't, don't New York my Florida. So I'm going on like job interviews, and they're like, "What do you think about Ron DeSantis?" <laughs> like, I tried to come in a corrections officer down there. And, like, they were grilling me, the captains, in the in the interview, like, trying to find out my political thing. I was like, yo, I'll get the Santa's stamp stamped on my ass right now. I was like, I fucking love Uncle Ronnie. I was like, I am I ran out of New York with my shit. Your, your, your interview was all about politics, right? They didn't all even ask about you about the job. And then, and, then, and then they dubbed me the job because I, I did time in Rikers. The warden was able to say no because of my... uh. I did time. Like, if, you, if you've done time in jail, it's up to their discretion to say yes or no. So yeah. he said no. That's what? But the, like, I, I got in touch with the detective that arrested me. He, he sent a letter the police report. He was like, yo, he was like, I follow you on Instagram. He's like, you're doing good shit. Like, he, like, he knows me, so it was, it was crazy. So Stan Allen helped me out, getting the paperwork and everything, like the, the documents from the court. But, because I was going to do, I, I thought I was going to get my way into the police department because the sheriff's, if you do two years correctional, you could switch over to the sheriff's department because you go through the same academy. So I was going to do that. I was like, "There's my way in. I'm going to get into law enforcement." And they double, shit. <laughs> yeah. And that a was a rat. Yeah, everything for a reason. So what? Like, so
1: what happened? What like when did you move down to Florida? You moved down during COVID, or
0: I moved down uh, last year, uh, March last year.
1: Yeah, and, and then, then you I came, like came back
0: August. And you, so you weren't that long at all? No, six months. Six months I was back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then
1: how'd you start up? Uh, like you have a huge following now, dude? You got like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, yes, I, mean, I, I
0: started this way before COVID. Like uh I started my page in like 2017.
1: Why why what was the thought? Like, what why had you like what were you what like, did you just do it like fucking around or just for your friends? Yeah. Like
0: to be honest with you. It started off with, like, I didn't want to post things that, like, my wife's family would look at me weird for. So, like, I made a separate page that, like, had nothing to do with, like, my in-laws. I did a video about jerking a guy off for a Manhattan special, and my wife's grandmother deleted me on Facebook. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. It was like, what kind of grown man jokes about stuff like that? Like, I was just like, oh I didn't want to be judged anymore, so I I made, like, my own little page, and at first, like, I wouldn't put my face, like, at the profile picture, it was just the logo, and then I was making memes, and I was like, I'll do funny videos, and then, like, it just turned into one thing, and then what it was, I was trying to make, like, I was trying to make, like, Shallon's funny guy, and then once I just made Shallon's funny guy, like, me, and just became, like, myself on the page, and, like, I opened up that I was a conservative, I lost a bunch of followers and shit, and then I... You know I, mean? I stabbed myself in the foot. I waved one Trump flag, bro. It was done. They made a challenge, racist guy, page with my face and everything. It was bad. They would DM me. They were like your wife loves black penis and shit. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, like I thought you were funny. You're just another racist from Staten Island. People are going crazy. It's like you know, I one, flag. one Trump flag. One Trump flag it was a Trump 2020 flag. Like I was drunk with a bunch of conservatives in Pennsylvania. My father-in-law was up there you were probably thinking about going back to Florida. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it.
2: <laughs> Go to Texas, man. Texas is great, too. But Texas, a lot of Texas is going blue. Like I said, when I was Fort Worth, Dallas was cool, but around Austin,
0: it was a lot, a lot like New York, the politics. You no, know, to be honest, with you, I feel like pretty soon I'm going to have to leave America at this point. You, you might have to. That's where it's going. I feel like all these politicians all, like, know what's coming, and they all, like, they're all gonna bail to like China or something. Like they already have like preset plans with these people, and they just let America go down the toilet. Because it's like some of the shit they're doing these days. It's like you know, it's like they want us to just die. Like you know I mean, like the other day with the with the Canada on fire and the smoke and the skies are yellow. I'm like, I'm not falling for this shit. I'm like, they're gassing us right now. Like they're they're trying to take us out. That's what it is. Did you did you have your COVID mask for that? I Me mean, no. Uh, I'm still not even vaccinated. I still ah. that vaccinated. <laughs> I told my wife I said Wait. I said my sperm's going to be worth money one day. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did I just, you I just I just openly I just openly said that and I have been showing a fake covid card to get into restaurants for the last 3 years. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what really made me leave New York was like I had to make a fake covid card for my son to eat at Dave and Buster's. I was like this is bullshit. I, was like, I can't live here. No, yeah.
1: That's why I left too, dude. That's why I'm in Florida. That's why I left the police department and everything. I was like, fuck that. I was like, I'm not getting vaccinated.
0: Yeah, like, Terminex. What? Terminex wanted me to get vaccinated. I never even went back to Terminex.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cra- that was a that was a bad time in New York. That was a, a, a especially in the city, man. It was like I was like, what the hell is happening here, man? You know, I don't I don't understand. And then the whole and then I, I took a trip down to Florida and I sat in a bar. And I was like, wow. And I was served they were serving me food. Yeah, right. Mask on. People were shaking my hand. Hey, how you doing? Where you from? And I'm like, what the hell is going Like, why is uh-huh. it so different there? And it just bugged me out. And and I was like, you know, and then when they were like, Oh, you you got you get know, vaccinated or you're fired? I was like, All right, you know, what, I'll just retire. I was like, forget about it. I think New York, I was like, New York just doesn't align with me and my kids and my family anymore. So we bounced.
3: It's that's tough. the part that used to
2: that's the part that used to bug me out. Like, right, you're sitting down and and, and you have to wear that stupid mask, but then if you're drinking or, or eating, like you can't get COVID as long as you're drinking, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> the second my- you're not drinking, somebody's coming over, put your mask on. Like,
0: oh, hold on, but I'm drinking. I can't get it. <laughs> well my favorite, my favorite was I went to Villa Roma, and in Villa Roma, you could only drink at the bar if you order chips. Like, what the fuck? Like, I have to order. So you have to eat to order to drink. And they were calling them Cuomo chips. Yeah. Oh. They were selling Cuomo chips. I was like, yo, some of the rules were just, like, ridiculous. Like, and then. Oh. But it was, like, this stupid shit. Like, you can't go to the beach. But then you turn on the news and you see Chris Christie on the beach with his family. Like, it's oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's getting a hand on in a salon. And I got my wife crying because she hasn't had a hand on in six months. Like. <laughs> To be honest, oh, yeah. that's what really that's what really drew me into politics was that like like not even like, like Trump becoming president, like cause I voted for Obama twice. Like I was I was a maybe I was considered a Democrat, but I was also living off the system. I had a free phone. I was getting into any rehab I wanted. So I was living I was living good. And then I got a 401k and a job and I was like, oh shit. But uh <laughs> w- with Trump, it was like I, I didn't pay attention at first when he got elected. Like I didn't think like whatever and then like the Kavanaugh hearing I started seeing that and then, like shit started popping it was like yo that's not fair like they that's not fair why are they doing this and like and now stupid shit it's like yo they're trying to give this guy 20 years in jail and Hillary Clinton fucking like bleached her, her servers and like was throwing shit out and like what bro she had staff like folding paper and hiding their socks and leaving a scarf and bro that's what brought me in that that's honestly why i want to get involved in politics because like i'm so pissed off at how fucking untreated people are and like it's like it's like i feel like like if you want change like you need to step up and do it or you need to be a voice it's like there's nobody especially Staten Island because to me Staten on is like the last part of new york that's like real new yorkers like like where like my friends fathers are all like city workers or cops and like you go to Brooklyn, Brooklyn's not Brooklyn anymore. It's like people like all yuppies and shit telling me how New York should be. And, like, I thats I, I, I would love to get involved in trying to keep Staten Island, Staten Island. Because they're trying to change it. They're trying to change, like, the the whole, where the Congress seats, right? They're trying to make it so that, like, Manhattan's part of that so they can get rid of Nicole, Nicole Takis and get fucking probably Max Rose back in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw Max Rose at uh, at ShopRite and I took a video like like really like messing with him and I was gonna post it to try to go viral and uh I ended up not doing it. He was like standing there and I was like, I was like, yo, it smells like shit over here. I'm like, what is that? And I look, I'm like, oh, it's you. I was like, yo, you smell like shit. I was like, that's all the shit you talk. And yeah, it was mad funny. But after the video, I ended up talking to him. And he was like, Why don't you like me? I was like, because you didn't do anything, bro. I was like, you promised all that shit. I was like, you didn't do nothing. I was like, I sit in traffic every day on on, on, the, on the Staten Island Expressway. I was like, and all I think about is you promising me that you were gonna change that. I was, that was just messing like busting balls, but but even like Nicole Malliotakis too. I feel like none of these people do anything. Republican, Democrat, like I, I feel like politicians are just they care about themselves.
1: Yeah, I I say that all the time. Said so all the politicians on Staten Island. Yeah. They're all Republicans, Malatakis, Borelli, Riley, all of them. I saw them all hanging out with Rose one night. I bought, I bought Max Rose and Mike Riley a drink one night. Um, and I just thought Max Rose, like I just thought that kid was the phoniest person I ever seen in my life. He walks around with that smile. He's like, <laughs> the biggest smile in the world. And, and I was at some event in Mount Loretto. I think it was like an Italian festival or whatever. And he sees me and he's walking and he like he like sizes me up and he like turns and he like goes to the old people with, the, with his fake smile. And I'm like, this kid's such a phony man, like such, such just just vying for votes, you know, like the baby kissers. Yeah. But that's all of them. I say even the Republicans on Staten Island, like they they uh they would easily be Democrats if they were in Brooklyn and their base was Democrats. They'd be they'd be pandering to them. So they just pander to what's there, you know. So that's why I say, like, we really do need real people. You know, they got yeah. they got the guy Carr. He's in city council. You probably don't even know him. Most people in Staten Island don't even know him. He's on city council. He's he's in uh, my seat. I forget the district, but it's for Dungan Hills, Newdorf, all over mm-hmm. that area. Dude, the guy's silent. I don't even know what he does. I don't even know how he gets paid. Like, and, and you know, and they're just silent and they do nothing. Like, we need real people in that real fucking change.
0: They need to get Scott Lebedo in there too. We need to get him. In Scott school.
1: Lebedo too, absolutely, absolutely. I love
0: Scott. I call him Uncle Scott. I saw I saw him at the uh, at the Memorial Day parade. Cause so I take my kids to the, all the parades like that they do at, at like Forest Avenue. So we went to Memorial Day one. He came walking. I was like, "Yo, Uncle Scott!" I was like, "I'm taking a picture with the kids." And he walks around with his cup, like with a scotch and his cigarette. I love it. I love it. Like go, he's the man. He, he really is. But even like I post him, I post him. People bug out. Like I posted he did that video in Target, and I shared it on my story. And like people were messaging me, like bugging out on me. It's like yo, calm down. Like it's just, well, people don't like my jokes. Like I make jokes about certain things, and people just don't like it.
2: You know what? what there's something you said though that I love that you said that. It's so true because, like I said, I lived in, I lived in four boroughs. The only borough I never lived in was Manhattan, but. That's why sometimes I'm in Florida right now, and people ask me if I miss New York, and I say I miss the old New York. And you saying that Staten Island, and I did feel that, you know, it's it really is like the last frontier when it comes to the boroughs. It's the last one left where you have the grassroots New Yorkers. I mean, some of the other boroughs would probably not say so, but I, I, I agree with you. You have the real New York City kids in Staten Island, but it seems like that's going away too.
0: Yeah, I think so. You see what they're doing? to like Bay Street and everything. It, they're making all these condos. Now people, like, you have to be rich to live on Bay Street. <clears throat> I hope it doesn't go that way, but I feel like it's going to. I hope the South Shore stays the way it is, though. Like well, you got the Italians watering their concrete in front of the house. It's awesome. <laughs> Don't they call that Italian grass? <laughs> yeah, there you go, the Italian grass. I posted that <laughs> video recently. The, what was it was yesterday, the Italian guys on Staten Island. And somebody actually messaged me and told me I have to take it down because I didn't get permission from one of the old guys in the video. But it's four old Italian guys, and they're like super soft, blood pressure, blood pressure, Muzzarello, Muzzarello, Bensonhurst, Bensonhurst, and they're all like going oh, back and forth.
2: I saw that one. You had you had like the words. I yeah, saw that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, somebody messaged me. They were like, "Yo, this guy wants you to take it down." It's like, "Oh my god, man!" People, just who contacted you then? Yeah, you got a you got a phone call. They said we're gonna have a sit down. You're like, oh, all right, I'm good. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Like I made a video about that girl Angelina from my uh from Jersey Shore. Yeah. She ended up contacting me. She was like, take the video down. I was like, cash out me five hundred dollars. I was like, pay me five hundred dollars. I'll take the video down. Uh, I had beef with I uh, had beef with uh with Karen Gravano because I made a joke about her dad. She ended up posting me like going at me. It was crazy. Oh, shit. People are
1: just too sensitive, dude. People That's so
0: funny. Yeah, I, I troll, I troll though. Like, I, like, I'll say, like, Staten Island got the best pizza and bagels because I know I piss off other people in other boroughs. Like, they get involved. <laughs> like, now I'm looking for influencers from each borough because every night I want to go live with someone from a different borough and just debate back and forth on why my borough's better than theirs. Like, it's going to be like a... Like, I'm trying to make it cool to be from Staten Island again. Like, I'm trying to, like... <laughs> It's working because people like a call, like people reach out to me. They're like, Yo, my girlfriend showed me a video. Like, yo, look at this kid from Staten Island. Like, people from other boroughs are starting to see me and shit like that. So I'm trying to like just like big up Staten Island as much as I can. Listen, Staten Island does have the best pizza right now. I don't
1: care what anybody tells me.
0: You know what it is? Like, Brooklyn has a lot of good pizzerias, but like, I feel like Staten Island for like where like you could stop at any pizzeria and (laughs) get good pizza. Is more higher than like another place like Manhattan. Everybody's got dollar slices. There's no way those dollar slices are good pizza. That's everybody's fake cheese to beat it with prices.
2: That's fake cheese. That stuff's terrible.
0: Yeah, terrible. Right, right. Manhattan what? is so- terrible. Have you been in Manhattan recently, bro? Weed shops sure. on every corner. It's just it's it's a, it's a shit show in there. I, I tell people that too. I'm, I'm like, yo, Manhattan is just a homeless person wearing a Gucci belt. That's what Manhattan is. <laughs> and people don't believe me. It's like, yo, it's a fake. It's a, it's not real. It's not really like. I mean, there's some areas like I'm sure the rich parts of Manhattan, but the lower side, are terrible.
2: Hey Nick, if you if, if, if you if you were gonna send uh if you were gonna send Dave Portney from Boston Sports over to Staten Island, what would you what what pizza spot
0: would you say is the best? Hmm. I got to say Nona's and Great Kills. Nona's. I mean, I, uh, everybody says Danino's. I don't want to go to the go-to, like Danino's or Brothers. I did a competition recently for the best pizza from Staten Island. It was uh, Battle to the Shallon Pizza. And uh, Brothers Pizza is the one who won. Yeah. Majority of the island voted for them.
1: The grandma pie there?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Yo, know, they're cool. They're cool. They, they invited me down. I went down there. I took some pictures with them. They sent me home with food for the family and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: There's There's tons of good pizza though. Like I could Lee's is good, it's a different type of pie. You know, like there's all different types of pizza on Stan. I don't
0: like there's a there's a spot called El Forno in Pleasant Plains. They make a better upside down pie than L and B. Same thing with Lorenzo's. Lorenzo's in uh in Dungan Hills, they have an upside down pie that blows L and B out of the water.
2: Hey John, you remember you remember a couple years back? I'm not sure if you know about this, Nikki. You, you you might know, especially if you're into pizza. A couple years back, right? There's two brothers that two the two brothers that own it. I think they live in Huguenot, in houses right next to each other. One was filed by some by a gunman. He was robbed and shot right in front of his house. I think you must have been working there, right, John?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh uh, yeah, he was. Uh...
1: I, think. I think it was CRLs, right? There
0: was a guy from Brothers.
1: Oh, it's from Brothers, the guy.
0: The guy was some Brothers. And- though. They lived by CROs then. Yes, yes. They, they were in okay. Huguenot, right? It happened in Huguenot, right?
2: Yeah, but they fought they followed him from so they filed him the pizzeria. They followed him with, I think it was a couple gunmen that tried to rob him and they shot him in front of his house. And, and, and I think the two brothers live right next
0: to each other in Huguenot. Oh sure. Yeah. John, like, you, you must have knew about the job. You know what's crazy? I uh I went to high school with that kid who killed that Gambino mob boss in uh in Toad Hill. uh, Was that that, that a hit or
1: was he really crazy? Nah, bro.
0: The kid was out of his mind. Like a week before that, he was trying to recruit people to go to Nancy Pelosi's house to elect them. Yo, the kid, bro, the kid was out of his mind. Like he was crazy. But he wasn't always like that. Like he was a clean-cut Italian kid in high school. And like the years when Trump became president, I guess, he just went over the deep end. He He had another Instagram that was like a fake Instagram with like all like political stuff. And then it was like, yo, he killed, uh, he killed the Gambino mob boss. and everybody was like, yo, what the fuck? And then, yeah, and then he was in the court, and he wrote Trump on his hand or something like that, and it was like uh, the the QAnon Q- symbol, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was. yeah it, it definitely, it definitely wasn't a hit. He definitely has nothing to do with the mob, though. Definitely not. I'm,
1: I'm gonna get a little QAnon now. Would uh, what do you think that smoke was? Because I I was like I was like I don't see no videos of fires. Yeah. No firemen there. Nobody we don't see any any like the, the main like branch of the F uh, of like the firefighters in Canada said they were on standby. They never went to the fires, like it was, like, it
0: was yellow. Why was everything yellow? I don't get that. Like the scar, everything was yellow. I feel like with smoke it would be great. No, like why was everything yellow? I don't know. I don't know. But like I said before, I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. I don't trust any of this. What do you think, Eric?
2: Uh You know what? Listen, I don't want to sound like a big conspiracy theory, but it sounds like bullshit to me. Honestly, they got everybody. I, it sounds like they're preparing everybody for another COVID or something. I mean, even my mother was talking to her. She's like, "I gotta wear my mask outside because the sky's yellow." Like,
0: I don't yeah, listen. I, schools, I'm not. A, I was. They wanted that? my kids. They they wanted my kids to wear masks to school. I told my wife, I was like, "You're not putting fucking masks on them." Yeah. I was like, for a while, I was like, they're inside the building. Were they wearing masks? Were they gonna be sitting inside the building with masks on? I, I guess they figure they start with the most liberal place, Canada. I know, uh, but <laughs> it, it, it's just
2: crazy. It, it really is. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't want them to boot us off YouTube because they're saying we're putting on misinformation. But this just doesn't sound right. It doesn't add up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yo, if if, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna put our tinfoil hats on right now. I heard that yeah. guy Justin Trudeau or whatever. I heard that's uh, Fidel Castro's son. What? <laughs> <laughs> really, you never
1: I don't like that. I don't care what he is. I don't like that guy. I don't like him.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's
1: you know what he reminds me of. He reminds me of like the the, the kid from like Ohio that moved to Brooklyn and he lives in Williamsburg. He's yeah. like, I'm from Brooklyn. He's got his like sandals on, I'm like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. Bro. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah. The guy, oh, the guy I hate that. Like, uh, like when I lived in Florida, people were like, Oh, you're from New York? I'm from New York City. Oh where are you from? Syracuse. Like, you're not from fucking New York City. <laughs> Like you're not from New York City, you're from upstate. Like it's not even or like Long Island. Like, well, you're not from New York City. You're from Long Island. That's like Connecticut. So,
1: so dude, what's up with uh what's up with your stand up, bro? Like what uh what uh like I saw you did you did a couple of stand ups. I saw you did a big one uh yeah, to, I think.
0: Um to be honest with you, like I I found like a real like uh like a love for it. Like I've been writing down, like I love like uh like working on material and everything. It's just Life is just so crazy, bro, between work, the kids, trying to find second income, excuse me, like working after work. and Because, you are in New York City, you got to have, like, three jobs and you got to do a little illegal shit. Like, that's what you got to do right now in New York City. Like, <laughs> and I'm trying here, so.
2: Well, I just just want to remind you that the May's crackdown on shoplifting. Your first offense doesn't count. So go out, <laughs> get yourself a nice uh, Rolex. You can sell it, right? And then after that, if you have a problem, you just go to the kiosk, and then they'll give you social services and tell you how not to steal. Cause it's and bad then, for you. Course,
0: and then worst case scenario, I just go down to Mexico, and I just sneak back into the country, and I get everything for free. That's, that's, <laughs> hey, that's, that's hey. my last <laughs> hey, listen, if, if, if
2: we go to that vending machine and get some of that stuff, how much could I make for selling some condoms and crack pipes? How
0: much could no, I make? they give it like these cute little orange uh, plastic razor blades, too, to chop your drugs up. You see those? And and the straws straws are like glitter. I want to know if those straws are plastic. Because I want to know why I can't get plastic straws in (laughs) 7-Eleven. But the fucking crackhead can get plastic straws with a sniff kit. And it's like a lip balm and everything so you don't burn your mouth on your friend's crack pipe. It's just, it, it is mind-blowing. Like, and it's like, I'm a 30-year-old. How, how am I, a 30-year-old, saying that this is mind-blowing? Like, these people in politics are like 50, 60 years old. Like, that's why I know it's bullshit because I know these people know that it's wrong. Like, there's no way that these people don't know in their minds that they're just ruining it right now. Like, there's, I, that's how I feel with New York City. The way they, they The way they're just making things and just... Like with COVID, I feel like they were just throwing shit at the wall, and whatever was sticking was sticking. Like you said, the restaurant—like you can't wear your mask if you're standing up, but if you sit down, you can take it off. It's Like oh, COVID. you can't get it when you're drinking. The, yeah. Or so like Burger, it- or like the, 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 the I went to Burger King. I couldn't go inside Burger King because of COVID, but I was able to hand her my money through the drive-through. It's like I'm not wearing gloves. She's not wearing gloves. She's touching my money. It's like, but I can't come in there and just order food. Like it makes no sense. It made yeah. no sense at all.
1: I, I saw a video, the North Carolina like CDC director, and she's saying how they came up with COVID policy, and she's like, "Yeah, you know." So like, I called the, the South Carolina girl, and like, we were like going back and forth, and I was like, "Oh, you're doing that? I'm gonna do that too." And like, that's literally how they came up with policy.
0: That's how it was here. Was it? it was it? Yeah. calling Murphy, and then calling the Pennsylvania guy or whatever. <laughs> we were doing
2: Pennsylvania, was like, fucking. Nuts. <laughs> That's pretty much what they did. They went, it. Like, like, uh, yeah, what do you think we should do today? Oh, well, as if they're drinking, they can't get COVID. Okay, well, let them know if they're drinking, they can't get COVID. Yeah.
0: It, was, <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. It, it was nuts. It really was. And it was like, and then what I didn't like was like, if you talked about it, like, you were ridiculed. Like, as a comedian, I wasn't allowed to, like, have, like, a voice or, like, I wasn't able to joke, especially, like, the whole Hunter Biden thing. Like, like I can't joke about it. I, it, it, it's just retarded. I did a video when when Biden got elected, and it was like Hunter Biden like doing a line, and like he still got he's like, oh my god, like the inauguration was today, and like they <laughs> took it down because they said I was promoting like drug use. But it's like, come on, like you kidding me? There's kids like taking Xanax on Instagram, and they they're they able to do that. But it's like. I did the video about Jeffrey Dahmer. I said he was killing gay people, and I got banned for promoting violence against the LGBTQ community. It's like, what? Netflix just made millions of dollars off this, this docu-series, this docu- and I can't even talk about it? Like, the shit made no sense. Yeah, no,
1: they, they, dude, they hate real stuff. I mean, the, the, If I was a
0: liberal, if I was a liberal, I'd be a millionaire right now. If I was a liberal making jokes about Donald Trump, I probably would have went viral. 100%.
1: You'd have millions of followers. You'd be on every news station. You'd have funding from everybody. They'd be funding you just to push oh. just to push that narrative. There's so many influences right now on the left that then pay. They're told what to say, you know, and it's 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 why. We were actually talking about that, too, me and Eric. We were saying we want to get a, a retired guy on here, a retired cop, and we want him to just go totally left. And we're like, I guarantee he blows up. He says, like, all anti-police shit. They'll be on CNN. he will be on everything. You know, like I'll, I'll get called on the news sometimes. Eric will get called. But they're, like, iffy with us because they don't. They know we're going to say what we think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's, you know, if they don't want to hear it, they call the other guys. You know? <laughs> so.
2: But yeah. uh, look, You know, they'll speak to us and, like, you know, we'll, we'll give them a quote. John or myself, and it's 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 the truth about police. Like, uh, <laughs> uh is there anything else you can say? Like, no, that's it. We know pretty much in that quote. That's like, all right, exactly. Let's call let's call the guys that say, "Oh, give the cops a hug," you know, be thankful. Yeah. You know, John, I tell the truth. Like, listen, bottom line is these cops are pussies. Or oh, no, these cops did a good job. <laughs> uh, next, <laughs> yeah. Hey, <listen. laughs> You got any good jokes about cops, bro? Come on, you gotta, you gotta have something.
0: Uh, yeah, I I did uh oh my god oh shit. That is that's no, right. It's good. I did uh I was delivering pizza and I delivered to this house, and it was a uh, it was a bunch of cops, but it was like the cops' one-year-old daughter's birthday party, but the baby was sleeping, so now all these cops are just chilling in the house getting drunk. So the guy at the door, he was like, Yo, he's like, You're the guy from Instagram. He's like, Come inside. So I walked inside. And he was like, yo, look, uh, it funny, guy. And everybody was like, oh, he's pro police. Like, they're all cool, whatever. And I was like, yo, fuck. I was like, I should have left my drugs in the car. And like, they were laughing. And then, uh, they were like, they're like, let's take a shot. I was like, yeah. I was like, you guys, I could drink and drive. I was like, you guys are saying it's okay right now? I was like, we'll take a shot. And then, uh, I was like, I was like, everybody got their gun on them. I was like, I got my gun on me. It was mad I am just joking with them, but yeah, they all love me. But it's like I, I, I like that. Because, like when I see when I see cops out in public, I bring like my kids they will let them jump in the cruiser. Like I seen one kid that I grew up with, he was like, Yo, like your son jumped in front of a uh, Target. He had my son in the cruiser hitting the buttons and shit in the explorer. Like just having mad fun. But yeah. I mean I, I don't really I don't really have any like cop jokes. Um
1: you gotta you yeah. gotta start abusing Staten Island cops. That's what you gotta you gotta do. One just don't, don't do it too because you don't want. To do I
0: remember to when kid. I was younger. I remember I, was it really like this where like the the like the older lazy guys worked the one two three, like was that how it was? Because like growing up on the South Shore, Staten I mean, Island, I yeah, like, I mean, kind of. I yeah. felt like I felt like I never dealt with young cops like like growing up like in, in Huguenot, Arden. Like I feel like it was always older guys. Like and then now like being now that I'm older, I see like a lot of younger cops at like the one two one. Like stuff like that, or like the 120, I know a couple of people. I got arrested once. I was at the 120, and I'm in the cell, and the kid, I'm not going to say his name, he's standing there, and I'm like, yo, I'm like, it's me. I'm like, it's Nicky. I'm like, we, and he's looking right at me, and he's pretending like he didn't know me. I'm like, bro, I'm like, it's me. I'm like, you know my, I'm, I'm saying it. I got so mad. I'm looking at the people in the cell, I'm like, this motherfucker's pretending he doesn't know me. I'm like, this fucking ridiculous. He's probably sitting there like I gotta pretend I don't know this crackhead. Like, it's like yeah. <laughs> he didn't want his officers knowing that he grew up with a crackhead.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but when me and Eric came out, it was a lot of older guys. Like <coughs> the whole job was older. Now yeah. you don't have older guys staying on patrol, like doing police work anymore, out in the street. They get off the street, or they move up, or they retire. You know, my
0: uh, I had a, a buddy of mine. He got uh, he was an officer. He got shot in Brooklyn. He was, he was in that YouTube video where they were in the staircase and the guy came out in the hallway shooting and they all fell down the stairs and like fell on top of him. And he ended up taking a bullet to the leg. Uh, and in the, in the, in the hospital bed, they promoted him to detective. And he said they did that because they, they avoided him shooting or something like that. Like, so they promoted him on, 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 on the, uh, on the bed. So now he's a detective, mad young kid. I think his squad made him wear like cowboy boots or something like that for like the first 90 days. <laughs> That's cool. I know. She's I know. Like, a lot, I know a lot of cops. A lot of kids <laughs> I became cops, and also being an exterminator, I meet a lot of cops on Staten Island, and they all give me PBA cards as as tips. Oh, you can kids. forget those right now. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, those don't even matter. So,
1: oh, wow, lost them.
0: Ah, shit. Uh, right, we, got got you
2: you,
0: we got your back, brother. All right. Bobby, you yeah. run out of batteries.
1: Yeah, I got you. We got you.
0: Uh no, my wife was calling. That's alright. uh, all
1: right. uh we, we 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 won't we won't keep it too much longer though. No, yeah. she,
0: she's not even home. But I think she thinks I'm dead. <laughs> my wife's at target, you know what I mean? But I I'm under the target. She's gone for hours. What'd you get? Uh what, what a pride shirt? <laughs> I guess she went to go get a she went to get a bathing suit that she could talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Dude, listen,
2: I yeah, I, talk, I really appreciate. Crazy.
0: What's that? Targets crazy. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah. all these companies. Are, I don't get it. Like, how come in June, like you don't see that? That fake? that like, these companies never express like pride. Just in June, like it's like, and, and then and then the, like the Air Force did it, and and then people complained, and the Air Force took it off. They made like the the rainbow uh, logos.
1: Yeah, everybody's doing it. The White House did it. They dropped the whole flag, the whole thing. The, yeah, with,
0: with... I I I, uh, I took my kids to the St. Patrick's Day parade here on Staten Island, and they were so mad that that they weren't able to like like fly their flags. They had people there handing out like rainbow flags to kids, and to me, it's like yo, like that's just fucked up because kids don't know what it is, and now you got kids waving them and you're going to take pictures and and post them on si live and all that and be like look even the kids showed up to support and it's like no these kids are just waving rainbows like and then i made the meme it was like i thought i went to the St. paddy's day parade but it ends up just being the winter pride parade or something like that and people like you're homophobic and all that and they tried canceling me and it was like what and i'm arguing with people it's like i had lesbian foster parents growing up it's like people get me pissed I just gotta say, dude. I think it's hilarious
2: that you were working during COVID. You were working at ter- Terminx Is is pest control, right?
0: Yeah. So you were working termite, and you had to be vaccinated to, to to do pest control. That's pretty funny. Like honestly. Yeah. No. You you had to be vaccinated. It's uh because it's a it's a it's a company. I think it's uh the rule was like if they had like over a certain amount of employees, they were able to 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 do it. But even, like, I have, like, friends who their fiancé was not uh, eight months pregnant, had notes from the doctors saying that they didn't have to get it. And the Board of the the, educate, the Board of vet or whatever, didn't, didn't honor it. It was like, no, you still have to get vaccinated. It was none of those. Were those called? Cool? I mean, you get a, a letter from your doctor. Well. Like an exemption. Yeah, but I heard they weren't even respecting any of those.
1: Yeah, no. Nah. nah, nothing. Yeah, they've completely violated the law for COVID. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I, I hope
0: some people are able to to uh, get some uh, some reparations, uh, some, some fucking money for that. Whatever,
3: reparations. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know. So, I know. Uh, yeah, certain people are getting those, but now you're gonna have to do jokes about reparations. Yeah, I should have quit <laughs> my job during COVID, but I would have made a killing on unemployment. Oh yeah, do it. Any kids who are okay. sitting home, they'll make more than me just sitting home. Well, listen, that's the problem. That's why inflation's so crazy right now. They're giving out
2: all this free money, and people have all this money to spend, and they don't have product because we can't get anything because of COVID, which makes inflation go insane. Throwing all this free money out did not help. And now, now you can see what the federal government is doing. They're trying to raise interest rates to try to bring the inflation down. It's a nightmare. It's and so out of control right now. They don't money. have money.
0: They throw, I wasn't turning it down, you know what I mean? I wasn't going to be anyone to turn it down, so when those stimulus checks were coming, I was I was, I took my family to Florida twice that year. Yeah, but that's, that's, but that's the problem. I mean, everyone is kind of like short short-sighted and
2: blinded by the money. Like, oh, wow, I got free money, but it's one of those things well, enjoy it now, but you're going to pay later and we're all paying for it. You know, you feel it now. You go to the grocery store, you come out, your, your wagon's not even full, and it's 400 bucks. Like,
0: the hell they buy here I know, you know got nothing and it's crazy because it's like uh like like my wife like we uh we try getting like uh like help also and it's like i i make enough money to pay my bills but like in in in, in the city's always it's like he makes too much money like we can't help him but it's like but then i'm reading about you helping all these people who 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 like aren't even like they they, they just got here it's like like, they were doing programs. The migrants were getting free work boots and OSHA cards. It's like, I could use an OSHA card and a pair of work boots. Like, it's true.
1: That's crazy, man. We don't, we, we reward, we reward failure. That's have a- you
0: seen these hotels on Staten Island, bro? They look terrible. There's like, I heard there's beer bottles. Like, people talk to me. They say there's, they all have mountain bikes chained to the fences. There's beer bottles laying around everywhere. I
2: haven't been to Staten Island in a while, but, uh, that's quite interesting. I, I I love if you go out there if
1: you take pictures. I'd love to see what it looks like. I'm curious. You
0: know, yeah, that's a shame to hear that. Yeah, I'll be yeah. back
1: all July. I'll be there, so we'll meet up. We'll go. Uh, we'll go to the homeless shelters.
0: Oh yeah, use a boat out of here, right?
1: Like, yeah, I bounce too, but yeah. I still I'm back and forth. So I'll be back all July. So I'll be back.
0: What part of Florida are you in?
1: I'm in uh, the northeast. I'm like in between Jacksonville and St Augustine. I'm in uh, St Johns. Oh, nice.
0: I got family up there. I got a, a bunch of family up there, actually. That uh, they left. I mean, they left New York in like the nineties and stuff like that. But my uncle got a three quarter pension from the NYPD, and he moved down there. He was in Jacksonville. Now he's back in. The, he's back up here because he got a divorce. But he took his three quarter pension. He left New York in like two thousand and two, two thousand and three, right after nine eleven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice here, man. It's it's a different way of life, dude. It's completely different. People are nice. There's less people. You know. Schools are good. Um, but even here, they're starting all the bullshit too, you know? Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, so you focus on New York too much. And I'm like, it's all coming. It's all – I'm like, you know, so goes New York, so goes the world. Like I, I totally believe that shit. And like, you know, New York's intertwined and everything. I'm like, all these people, they're from Chicago. They're from Cali. They're from Florida. What do they read? They read the New York Post. They read the daily news. No, they don't read the fucking Chicago paper whatever that's called. Like, they read about New York City, like because that's where it's at. Like that's it's it's the center of the world. It really is, and it's a shame to watch what the hell is And that really is,
2: yeah. John. I to, I totally agree because, like Florida, uh, what I noticed, no one's really from Florida. Everyone's everyone in Florida is a
0: transplant. So if anybody should be paying attention, it's Florida because they get politics from everywhere. You're seeing it. Yeah, I mean, well, well I was down in Florida. I worked at a diner, and I think there was only one person in that diner that was born and raised in Florida. Even the owner of the diner was from Queens. The, the guy, the other cook was from Illinois. The other guy was from, uh, I think he was from Georgia or something like that. Like everybody's from different areas. Yeah. It's called transplants.
1: Yeah. So Nick, what can we do? What could we do to support you? I know you got your own clothing line. Like you know, why not, why don't you tell our, our viewers? Like you got the Staten Island and uh, yeah, you know. yeah.
0: If you hit the bio on my Instagram, I got uh defund, I got like the defund easy pass shirts. It says defund. I couldn't put easy pass because I didn't want to get sued, but it says defund in the easy pass like font.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got
0: that, I got the Staten Island. Um, I got uh in order to reach your dreams, you must survive your nightmares. That's a quote of mine uh you hit the link in the bio my instagram challenge funny guy and uh that's really yeah i, mean, I, I don't really do like my own merch like i do that with like a partnering with a, with a local brand yeah uh he takes care of everything but yeah that's really i'm trying to set up like uh like dates coming up like stand up and uh stuff like that it's just hard with life yeah, you know? yeah. Well, i took is, a break i took a break for the holidays and then it just like the holiday stress just expanded and then it was just like rock.
1: What if someone does want to book you for an event? Could they reach
0: out to you on Instagram? Yeah, better? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everything's on my Instagram. How to how to email me, you can DM me, message me, it's all it's all right there. Uh, I do uh everything like a host, um really uh really anything. You know what I mean? And I'm a good exterminator too, if you know anybody has any bug issues. <laughs>
2: Oh, you probably would do well in
0: Florida, dude. There's bugs everywhere. I did it down in Florida. I I, did. I I was doing exterior lawn treatments. It was terrible. Fucking 110 degrees. I was sweating with a big hose wrapped around me, trying to wand off the. The issue is, they don't they don't pay as much as New York does. It's hard. So you work you work harder for less money.
1: Listen, if you want you want to move back, we'll uh, we'll start our own business get working for people. That's why I did I did. I just thought my own stuff down here. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I have a friend who moved down there. He left the MTA because they wanted him to get vaccinated. And he ended up getting a bit a loan from a bank. He bought like a bread route with a truck and started doing his own thing and hit the ground running down there. I you know a lot of people are bread rats, huh? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, else, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm from New York City. We need like six jobs. <laughs> I know everybody, everybody <laughs> got <hands in> everything. <laughs> No, I, dude,
2: you give me like flashbacks. What? I remember those days. It's great. You know, I give me, like flashbacks. I've been, I've been, in, you know, I'm living the RV life and I've been in Florida now close to a year. And, uh, you know, of course I got my car, me too, driving around. But, it, you know, it's a different feel. It is. I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But it's a different feel. You never have to look for parking. There's no, you know, there's traffic sometimes. But I, I feel like people don't argue in traffic. I, I, in a weird way, I kind of a missing. It's it it kind of funny in New York, but people argue about traffic. Nobody here does that. Like, everybody's so nice, like they let you go. And, in New York, you know, they're fighting over like a little bit of itch
0: just to get in to go nowhere. Like, what are you fighting over, right? Yeah. What 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 a left lane in Florida has no speed limit. Like people out of their minds in Florida.
1: <laughs> that is true, man. They it. <laughs>
0: It's nice down there, though, where you don't have to pay to get off every exit off the highway, or every bridge you cross doesn't cost thirteen dollars. Like, like when, when when we drove down there, I think once you pass like Virginia, like you don't even use your Easy Pass anymore. Like, there's no tolls, and then once you get to Florida, there's a couple of those sun passes, but yeah, but they're cheap. They're like fifty cents, twenty yeah, cents. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's right. Nothing big, and it's crazy too because you don't even pay state tax down there. The housing marsh got crazy here, though. It's not like it used to be. It's- no, I know. I know. It, right before COVID, uh, I was looking at like three bedrooms, like 220. Now it goes like 450, 500. It's nuts. For- Port St. Lucie, really? That house down there right before that. Probably Port St. Lucie before. blew up. That, that area got so big. They blew uh, up. Right, right behind my in laws in Port St. Lucie, they're building Central Park. Like a, like a, like 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 a miniature version of Central Park, and like there's different communities around it. They just opened up a spot called uh, Two Fat Guys from Brooklyn. You get your fresh mozzarella, your Manhattan specials. It's crazy. Yo, know, when I moved down there, I had a, I, I had to search everywhere for a Manhattan special. It took me so long to find one down there. And that's I why I love my Manhattan specials. I haven't even found it. Two, Two Fat Guys in Port St. Lucie. They have, they make uh they make like the thick New York sandwiches. They have the rolls, the heroes. Yeah, they, don't, they cool. don't. make hoagies. They make heroes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They I, used, I used to say hero, and people were like, "What do you want me to put a cape on the sandwich?" It's like it's a hero. I'm not saying hoagie. It's a hero.
1: Yeah, and they don't know salsa either. If you say, "Oh, I want, can you put a salsa and vodka, or just let me get a salsa with lemon?" They're like, "What?" Yeah. So
2: uh, like, yeah,
1: what? Again, that's so I- no true.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
1: Every
0: time I ask for the they're like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I gotta get club soda. <laughs> yeah, it's calamari. It's not calamari. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what about the sandhill cranes? You can't even you can't even smack one of those birds. <laughs> the, the sandhill cranes. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta let them do whatever they want. They're like protected by the state.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everything. So you rain? Alligators, bro. Even the alligators—they love here. They're like, hey, leave it alone. It was here before you.
0: Yeah. it was.
1: Yeah. Like,
3: hey, he
0: yeah, it was it was nice down there. It was definitely uh definitely it's the area's a lot nicer than New York. Just like driving and seeing like the views and like they paint their electrical boxes like they make them more beautiful and everything. And I was right by where the where the Port St. Lucie Met Stadium was, and it's cool because you pay like six dollars and you get whatever seat you want. It's like first come first serve. In New York, it's like you go to the Ferryhawk game, you got to pay extra money to sit behind the the, the, the fucking home plate and all that. So Florida it was cool. Like not everything's about money. They had like fairs with like SWAT team and like you go watch like free things that were just weren't money. Uh the demolition derbies they were doing. I never even seen one of those when I went to Florida. Cars were blowing up and shit. They're nuts down there. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Nick, I don't wanna hold you all night, brother. We've been going an hour and a half. Um yeah. I really appreciate your time, dude. I appreciate you being open with us.
0: Yeah, you know? man, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been awesome.
1: No, yeah, yeah, we'd, we would love to have you back at any time. You know, if we do any events in uh, New York, we you know, we'd love to have you open up or you know, do do something like that. You know, do like a little comedy in the beginning, to come out, be with some people.
0: Man, um, just pay me in PBA cards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, don't want you, know somebody, kid, you might get a ticket. You know what somebody told me? Somebody told me if you get pulled over now. You gotta stick the PBA card out the window before the cop gets out of the car because they, they turn their cam they turn their body cam on. So like you gotta try to get it, you gotta try to get them to see it before the body cam turns on. Cause once it's on, I heard that they they can't they 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 can't like accept it anymore because they're not allowed to show favoritism. Like
2: you need to you need to go you need to go watch our uh, our last episode. Not actually two episodes ago, we actually talked about this. I don't know if you heard about it. There's a cop on Staten Island right now who's suing the police department because he's writing tickets to people that have PBA cards, and supposedly he's getting he's getting pressure from the union and the higher-ups on the job. We just did an episode about it.
0: I, I wonder if you know the kid. He's on Staten Island. Oh, you know what's funny? I commented on that on, on the SI Live, because I wrote, I said the only people that complain about PBA cards are the people who don't have PBA cards. <laughs> There's the only people that complain about it. Why you, why you got to ruin it for everybody else? Yeah, this, this, I tell you, this might be a thing of the past. After
2: this case, you probably won't see him anymore. John, what's your prediction? You think it's over? I think, I think it's over.
1: I mean, I, I, I don't even like that cops are saying that. I mean, like, why can't you just not write someone a ticket? What? Give them your license with the PBA card. Here you go, sir. Sorry. That's but, how I
0: do it. I put it behind the license. I hand it with the license. I don't say anything. I just hand it with the license. <laughs>
1: I just I just think the younger generation's brain doesn't work too good. I think the camera got people scared, you know, and it, like it, it dehumanized cops. It really did. It dehumanized them. They, they really are starting to get like a robot to them. Oh, it's on here. And they can't think even the things that they're doing, you know, um, I, I, I don't know if, if I, me personally, like I said, I never PBA cards never really carried any weight for me because I, I was like. If you're a good person, you don't even need a PBA card. Like I'm not, and I didn't. I didn't write tickets for bullshit. Like I just didn't. Like I didn't care. I wasn't. I wasn't going to write somebody for a cell phone ticket or doing five miles over the speed limit. You know, so it wasn't like ever really a thing for me. You know, I wouldn't pull over someone that didn't have a PBA card and like for nonsense and give them a ticket. You know.
2: Yeah. I I just think. I think it's this whole generation. Like you guys. Have you guys? Have you? Do you go out to eat a lot? I like go out to eat. And I, I just think this whole generation is fucked up, honestly. Excuse my language, but sometimes I go out to eat and I'm like, listen, you know, like people just can't think. They can't. Like, I'm like, can I get this burger without cheese? You know, if it says it has cheese, they're like, uh, they start getting flustered, like, uh no, like, what do you mean, yeah. no? Just uh, don't put the cheese on there, <laughs> you know. But they can't think outside the box. Like, it, it is what it says, and that's it. You know, it, yeah. it's just crazy to
0: me. Or it's like you ask for an extra sauce at Wendy's, and they look at you like, oh, oh, like what? Just give me an extra barbecue sauce." Like, like, well, it's not brain surgery, then, right, cause, cause that that, that pa- yeah, exactly. That yeah. package gets two, and yeah, that guy's yeah. like, "Oh my god, how <laughs> do I do that?" <laughs> and yeah. you go to like Target and shit like that. Everything's uh, self checkout. You got no more cashiers.
1: Yeah. Crazy, man. That, that, that balls me. And then the, you know, you know the bit, I'll tell you the biggest thing it's the dumbest thing. The one thing that like really like alleviated a lot of stress for me is I was, I, I could never, like, I would be coming home from work late. My wife said, like, could you go to the store and just get this? And I'd go there and then I'd buy a bunch of shit and I'd get to the, I'd get to the register and do you need bags? I'm like, I don't, I don't have a bag. Like, yeah, I need bags. Like charge me with a bag. I don't really care. Like just charge me like what am I like? They will always ask you because they had no bags. So you, then you gotta pay extra for these bags.
0: I'm like, so stupid. It reminds me of like the old school movies where you used to see them walk home with the paper bags, and it's like now we're back to that. It's <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. But what I don't get is like they're saying this is all for the community, but our country is the only country doing this. Like every other country gives no shits about the about about the atmosphere and, and, and pollution and, and global warming. Like, why are we the only ones that can't? I mean, I'm sure there's other like Canada, like Canada and probably London and New Zealand. Like they're probably like, Australia is probably all along, like save the dolphins and shit. But you know, China and Russia, they don't care. They're going to be polluting the airs and everything. And it's like, why should we suffer? Like, but then at the same time, it's like, I can't have a plastic straw, but you're going to give free syringes that are plastic. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. I,
1: I mean, I think, I think the biggest lesson that I learned here today is that, you can't have a plastic straw to drink, but you can have a plastic straw to sniff coke.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, Yo, exactly. I learned that too, it's pretty wild, dude. I, I didn't even think of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it even comes in, they look like little kid like Play-Doh razor blades when a kid buys like a Play-Doh set and it comes with the fake tools. They're little orange like plastic razor blades to like chop up your stuff, you know what I mean? Dude, this is like,
2: that's what I'm saying, this is like I leave the ingredients on your, on your, you know, your kitchen counter to make a cake but then I tell you, you know what? Don't make a cake. This is like, you know, don't do drugs,
0: but let's give you all the ingredients so you can do it. But it's like, with this logic, then at this point, we should just give people guns. Because it's like, the best way to fight gun violence is to just give out free guns, then and give people Yo, means to. Dude, you got them. a point. You got a point. Like, you know what I mean, what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It, it doesn't make any sense. They're
1: trying the signs first. This is a gun. So, you know
0: what? So, Take you know the
1: what? From all the people that don't use them. We put the signs up that this is a gun-free zone, and we'll let the people that use and carry illegal firearms, we'll let them go without any problems.
0: Yeah, like the Staten Island Mall. I remember growing up, you see the sign, no guns, and you think, yeah, no guns. Like, people shouldn't be guns in here. And then now I'm older. I'm like, that just means that people who legally have guns don't bring your guns in here. That has nothing to do against the punks that are carrying guns in their pants. They're still going to bring them in. This yeah. is the guy who has a carrier's license who can't bring his gun in the mall. Yeah. It makes no sense. Uh, you're right about that,
2: dude. You're right about that. It's crazy. So you know what? John, I think we need to go back to the episode that we did the May's crackdown on shoplifting. Maybe the May is right. Go out there and shoplift. Go steal stuff and you and we're not gonna arrest you. Maybe he's you know what, John, we're wrong. We gotta go back and we gotta talk about how we're wrong and he's right. We
0: what should about- tell people to go out. I liked uh, during the riots when uh, when that 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 the jewelry store in Manhattan had a bunch of guards with Rottweilers that were standing in front of the store. Rottweilers like, go ahead, try to loot us, and nobody was messing with that store. It's like, yeah, you don't even need a gun; just get a bunch of Rottweilers and just let them bite. But then again, everybody, we need we everybody needs like a like a Kyle Rittenhouse. Like every 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 community needs one of those. I'm just gonna, I mean. is that too far? And I just take it too far. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: that's great, dude. Well, that's great.
2: Before
1: <laughs> we let you go, before we let you go, what uh, what you <laughs> think about the Daniel Penny incident? Who? The the subway. We choked the dude.
0: That see, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because like, I can understand getting mad at a cop for doing a chokehold, but it's like now now we're now we're holding that to to regular people who would just defend themselves in public. It's the stupidest thing. It really is. But then it, it's also... It, it makes my point where I feel like the city is purposely doing things that they know is wrong. Like convicting this guy. Like, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And it's like, but then it, you don't hear a word from everybody on the train. They're not reporting. But how come they're not interviewing the ladies that were on that train that said that they were feeling for their life? That this man saved their life. That they were clutching their person. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, They don't talk to any of them. They just... It's it it's crazy. It's crazy. It's the same people It's the same people who who created uh, who who turned George Floyd into a, a martyr. It's, it's the same people. It's just well, dude,
2: it is the same people.
1: You're awake, bro. You know what the fuck's going on, dude. Yo, no, bro, no. I,
0: I I play stupid a lot on Instagram because I don't want to cause like a division between people. But if yes. pe- when people call me out, like I know my shit. Like I mean, I. I I, I, I pay attention to shit. It's it's, it's, it's it's like one of those things where it's like once you open your mind to it and you open your eyes to it, like I did a couple of years ago, it's like it's so hard to look away from. Like You notice everything that they do, and they think you're stupid. And people are stupid because they just get away with it. Well, that's
2: what you, what you just said is, is 100% right. We talk about that premise all the time. They, they – you know, like it, John said it on one of the podcasts. Mayor Adams just thinks these people are stupid – and you know what? And he gets away with doing it because, you know what? They are stupid because they believe in the stuff he does. You know what? Oh, that's a great talk. great idea. Let's get people off drugs. We'll have vending machines. You know what? How do we stop yeah. people from shoplifting? Let's get them a kiosk and tell them not to shoplift. Yeah. You know what?
0: Great yeah. job. Thank you. Put your garbage out <laughs> an hour earlier and the rats won't even touch it. They won't even touch the garbage. <laughs> like, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Oh,
1: Dude, you definitely gotta come back on. But listen, before we let you go, last words for the audience. Anything you want to say? You know.
0: Uh, follow Shadow's Funny Guy on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Staten Island. We make the best pizza, best bagels in New York City. Uh, if you're coming to visit New York City and you want to taste of the real New York City, come visit Staten Island. And try to stay away from the other boroughs, especially Manhattan. I'm putting a, a travel. I'm putting a travel advisory on every borough except for Staten. Island. You know what? I I like it. You know what? We usually don't hear that. It, it, there's right because
2: most of the time when tourists go view New York City, Staten Island's kind of last place. And most of the people take the ferry. They get off, they look at it, and then they get right back on. So yeah. we need a guy like you who's gonna
0: you know run out the I'll tourism. I'm tours. I got a tour bus. I'll drive through <laughs> Park Hill. I well, like actually that man grew up. You can take the village greens. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it right through BG Park. <laughs> like, boom, after they used to chase me up the steps. But I like village greens because if you were on Nedra Lane and the cops came down Nedra Lane, you ran through the gates into Hampton Green and the cops couldn't get through that gate because there was a pole there. So the car couldn't go through. And by the time they jumped out of the car and started running, we were already out. So we used to always have like different areas of village greens to run. Well, like Aspen they had the back alleyways <laughs> over there. So you were able to get away from cops. Hey, uh- cops. Did John ever stop you? Maybe. I don't know. I
1: definitely had to 100%. Maybe.
0: Oh, my God. I remember the name. Sinclair. Officer Sinclair? Was it Sinclair? Nah. Nah, was it Sinclair? Shit, maybe
1: not. Stay on me. I'll tell you the name. Stay on me. Yeah. Stay on for a second. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Eric, you got any last words?
2: Absolutely. Listen, uh, Nikki, it's, it's a pleasure meeting you. Nikki Santora. Shaolin's uh, funny guy. What a pleasure. Your story's great, and I, I really appreciate you being so humble to tell the ups and downs of your life, and it's great to see that you're so positive. And you know what? Can't judge a book by its cover. You're you're a lot smarter than most people think you are. You're awake. You, you see what's going on here, and, and you experienced it, and that's the best part. And you know what? What John said before, I learned something today. You, you I mean, you reflecting on the plastic when it comes to the ideology comparing someone who's thirsty, you know, to someone who shoot, you know, doing drugs. I mean, honestly, it's crazy when you think about it. So, I just want to thank you. It's been a pleasure meeting you. I appreciate you. Know, you're, that. you're better in person, brother. So, thank you.
1: Yeah. Listen. So, you, you guys, guys have been awesome. Guys, three dumb guys, the, the three uneducated guys, with our eyes open, we're asking questions. We're not saying nothing. We're just asking questions. Where are the witnesses? Why this? Why that? That's what we're doing, beating the fake news. Thanks for tuning in. Want to take a word from our sponsors? Uh, just let them know. Find us on Filted.
3: Law enforcement professionals dedicate their lives to serving and protecting our community, but who's protecting their financial futures? That's where Laidlaw Blue comes in. Our wealth management platform is specifically designed for the law enforcement community. Laidlaw Blue is a division within Laidlaw Wealth Management run by retired New York City Detective John McDermott. His status as a retired detective uniquely positions him to establish a deep connection between Laidlaw Blue and the law enforcement community. Our platform is easy to use and provides a range of financial services including investment management, retirement planning and insurance solutions. With Laidlaw Blue, you can secure your financial future and provide for your loved ones. Our team of experienced financial advisors understands the unique challenges and opportunities that law enforcement professionals face. We're here to help you navigate the complexities of financial planning and achieve your goals. Laidlaw Blue, secure your financial future today. Book a meeting using the QR code displayed or call us directly on 888-901-BLUE. That's 888-901-BLUE.